Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Hey, how you doing? We might have Todd join in. We're going to see if he uh, calls in uh, while we're doing this. So we might have to uh, pause the recording and bring him on board. But uh, right now it's just us two. And with that being said, this podcast is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. FattyZMuskie.com. And Todd is calling. Give me one second. FattyZMuskie.com is our website. You can uh, find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Fatty Z Muskie Products, and Instagram. And let's see. Is there anything else fun that's happening with AZ? Um, Bates, find them at Muskie Tackle Online or Team Rhino. Rod Holders, while orders have slowed down, they're still very strong. You know, if, wrapping up the season, you know, we're going to use the catch words, fall fatties, uh, banging fish babies. Crushing front hooks, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, we're talking with people to get in their boats, you know, over the winter, you know, with all of this stuff going on, some boat shipments have been delayed. So now would be a great time to start rethinking your layout if you're not exactly happy with it. So, and I would be glad to help with any questions you might have and, you know, make an informed decision. Nothing wrong with that. So we do have Todd on the phone. Hi, Todd. Yes, I'm here. All right. How's Muddy Creek? Muddy Creek's doing fine. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of us. We're booking up for next season. If you know when you're coming, please get a hold of us. It really is a real bummer when we can't get guys in, especially you know, especially the guys that have fished with us before. Uh, but that's happening sometimes. We'll sneak in into some evening dates maybe if we have to. But uh, if you know when you're coming, you know when you want to come, just call sooner rather than later better chance to get out there and bang some fish baby crush front hooks and we will be crushing front hooks on ranger boats big shout out to ranger boats for sponsoring this show and muddy creek fishing guides find all your ranger boat needs at vic sports center in kent ohio uh, check them out for service also check them out for starcraft star welds tritons now uh, and the ranger boat um if you're looking to get a boat, if you really got into the outdoors uh, during this COVID time, um, the COVID era, put an order in now um, because the demand is outdoing the production. Shout out to Vix. Also, shout out to St. Croix Rods for sponsoring Muddy Creek Fishing Guides and uh, this show use them i'm working on one right now um even though their uh customer service could do this this is something that i could fix busted an eyelet um but in a much more real sense i'm fixing it and uh but their customer service is great check them out love that stuff so that's it for me Okay, and Muskie's Inc. Muskie's Inc. Get a hold of your local chapter. I don't have another little story for Andy like we did a couple weeks ago. I guess maybe, maybe I do have one. You know, I talked about when I first heard about Muskie's Inc. And I remember going home and telling my father about Muskie's Inc. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. So my father started muskie fishing way before I did. And uh, obviously, uh, because I wasn't born yet, but... Uh, 
told him about it, told him about this national organization, did all this. And, you know, once I figured out how to get involved and, and figured that all out, I mean, what, I mean, how, how it changed everything. Like there was this real organization that is looking out for the muskie fishermen and the clubs do everything they can to work for the local fisheries. So, uh, you know, my dad was excited. He started rapping. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he was a rapper from way back. So he's an OG. He yeah. He's he an OG. To, uh, Huff Diddy or P Diddy or yeah. 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 You know, Huff one Diddy. of them guys. Yeah. Huff Diddy. P Diddy. On Insta Liberal Gram. On, on Insta Liberal Gram and Face Liberal Gram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that stuff wasn't all back then. But no, really, in all seriousness, if you're into musky fishing, please. You know, I think it's just a duty of a musky fisherman. Cost of a membership is the same price of a bait nowadays. Actually, less than most baits. But, uh, you know, get a hold of your local chapter. Get involved. It's made many, you know, it's just made many changes in musky fishing. You know, gives us a sounding voice on a national level that, uh, you know, you can talk to these local fisheries and, you know, they'll deal with you. Uh, really important. So much neat stuff going on with the Monkeys Inc. chapters. And I do want to say that the, uh, from I just got a message here the other day that they are going to hold the big baller casting tournament up here on Chautauqua. And it's, let me, let me grab the calendar here. It's, it's the last uh, Saturday this month. The full moon. I think the 30. <laughs> Halloween. That's going to be really hard for those guys that like to sit yeah. in trees because that's going to be a banging weekend. Yeah. So so it's the 31st, October 31st. They're going to hold the big baller casting tournament like we did, like they did last year. That was the first one. Uh, this is the weekend they did it last year, but it got delayed a little bit. Everything's messed up. Everybody knows COVID. But, uh, you know, check out the New York chapter, chapter 69, for all the information. And if you want to go fish that tournament, uh, that's where you can get the information. Get signed up online and uh, go do it. It's for the big boys only. Big I, ballers. Are, are you doing it, big britches? No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I have a charter that day. <laughs> yeah, I have a charter as well. Yeah, so I won't be doing it, so. Okay, I have another announcement to make, and this is going to be an extreme last minute, seeming it's Thursday. But um, Chicago Land Muskie Hunters and Fox River Valley Chapter of Muskie Inc., they are holding a tournament this Saturday, October 17th. I got this after we recorded our last show, and this is when we're recording. Um, it's as timely as I can make it. So in two days, if you haven't heard about this, you better get the truck packed. <laughs> Um, it, it, I'm looking at the flyer right now. It appears to be a Saturday only, like I said, October 17th, the inaugural lady of the lake muskie tournament. First place is 2,500 bucks. Second, 1500, third place, thousand, fourth, seven fifty. And they're playing out to, they're paying out to fifth place, $500. That is based on a full field of 75 boats. Um, right here, it says all proceeds from this event will go to stocking muskies into Lake Geneva's fishery, uh, for complete rules, boat positions and tournament information, go to Chicago land, muskie hunters dot 
org. That is musky with an I E. All right. Um, let me see. I'm reading this. This is how professional I am. Um, I think I hit everything. So two days. If you listen to this immediately, you have two days. Um, go check it out if you're in the area and if you can swing it, uh, good cause, two chapters teaming up similar to, uh, when 69 and 70 do their thing. So very fun. All right. We also, that was the, all the announcements I believe, right? I think so. Yeah. So that big ballers happening up here at the end of the month. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's the first tournament they're having Vance for muskies. Yeah, for I think yeah, it's all for, been canceled. We've yeah, some bass tournaments. There was a walleye tournament, which mm-hmm. could have won on a uh, seven-inch Baker, uh, but a twenty-eight and a half that day. But I put it yeah. into the limit. I was one five miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, one one point eight. That's the yeah, maximum. Leave- that's the speed <laughs> limit. Leave it to uh, leave it to sixty nine to get it done. They got some good leadership up there, and they're always active in the uh, New York musky uh, musky game. So that'll be sweet. Hmm. Um. We have a submission or a request on a podcast topic. Now I, I know we can make this thing go really long and in depth, and or we can make it. Um kind of hit the basics and we'll revisit this. Uh, I, I hate to leave a topic hanging too long because people are still fishing now. And if we get to it, you know, after the next couple of weeks, it might be too late for a lot of these guys. So, uh, you guys okay with, you know, let's, let's spend a few minutes talking about this and maybe we'll revisit here soon. You guys good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. So we had a request and it oh, was my opinion doesn't matter. Okay. Well, you took five years to answer, so I figured you were impartial. So how about this? Whatever. Vance, have a seat, and I'll let Todd talk. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, poopy pants. Um, Request is how to troll slash fish water you've never been to before. Let's let's give, like, the basic overview on how you kind of – how you start that, like any tips or anything like that. I know we can go down a deep rabbit hole, but I – I, I have a, a another topic I really want to hit on before hopefully our next next week's guest, which got bumped to next week, that we're supposed to be doing it right now. I, I like my, my segue that I have for there. So when you're entering new water, what's how do you attack it, Todd? How do I attack it? I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back to what we did for so many years. I mean, even though everything's on your... Your, your graph now, if you got the chips and you got all that and you got the GPS, it is really nice to open up hard map of that lake. And just look. What looks fishy? Where's some nice drops? Where are the weed beds located? Now, I realize that they don't always correlate with the uh, maps, but you, that's, that, that's your investigation. That's what you got to do. You know, you see this big shoal coming up. It shows there's weeds growing. I mean, the, the map of Chautauqua right now, the hotspots map, will show weeds growing out in 26 feet of water. Uh, whenever they mapped that, there was a whole bunch of bait down there. And somebody said that's a weed bed. The weeds do not grow in 26 feet of water out here in Chautauqua. 
It's it's labeled submerged vegetation. Yeah, but I'll stamp it. So you're saying the paper maps are wrong. Are there any sea monsters on these? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it does label that. You see that, Vance, right? Submerged vegetation out in 20-some feet of water. Oh, my God. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Uh, It's really silly. But they do do have um, maps, like old-school maps, and I have some framed of Chautauqua Lake where it says, like, bass yeah ski yeah perch <laughs> like like that's that's the area like that's like this that's is the business district this is the red light yeah. district this is yeah. this is this the midtown area. uptown this is where the yo yo uptown <laughs> it even says that on um and 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 that is that's a good point of a hard map where you can just like look at the thing and there's open no out no outside distractions and mm-hmm. honest to God with how everything's going electronically nowadays, they're somewhat hard to find. Um, but there is something about taking an hour or two and sitting down and not just saying, okay, I have a chip for this lake, but taking that hard map and looking at the structure and picking some spots and going from there. Because I did an update on one of my chips, and when I was guiding at Pine Tuning uh, in the early spring, which we will be doing again in 2021, um, it was hilarious because like, I was driving by these areas, and it was actually telling me on my map, bluegill, crappy, yeah. catfish. <laughs> like, what and you're like, I am in the wrong spot. <laughs> I was like, oh. It's not a musky. Or, All I have to do is yeah. drive till it says musky. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing. I was like, why would that be on there? How could yeah, you how could you sell that product with good conscience? Yeah, that's what they did. Those little hot spots <laughs> maps you can turn. There'd be a number, like twenty one. You turn it over, you look, okay, area number twenty one. This is a good place for Small yeah. And after you decode it, it's be sure to drink your Ovaltine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but all, I, I, when you, I, we all I know really that think. like fish, that thing on the back of them, the tail, that doesn't, that doesn't work. So they are constantly <laughs> in that area. They're, they yeah. do not move. Yeah. So, so you don't want to pay attention to what they're saying there with that kind of stuff. And you don't always want to pay attention. Like if, they're showing weeds growing in 26 feet of water. You got to, you, you just got to move through that because it's not weeds. Uh, but you can look at the layout of the land and it's so much easier to look at, spread it out, put it on the table, look at it. It's hard to do on the little screen. that's 10 or eight, 12 inches. I was just going to bring that up because while your map probably is not nearly as detailed as your graph, like, mm-hmm. you know, these, these live mapping graphs, like, it's crazy how accurate those things can be, but regardless of what you do, you got a whatever five, seven, nine, twelve inch screen that's in the boat. Whereas, yeah. like that map, while it might not be as detailed, it's going to hit the major structures. It's going to show you the points, it's and, and it's you. and it's the size of your it's, kitchen table. Yeah, it's going to show you the 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 you know the shallow area. If you want to go fish those shallow flats, if you want to go to, like if I if if I would decide to go do one of these PMTT events that I used to do 
was the first thing I would look for is a hard map of if, if it's a lake I've never been to, because I want to look at it. I want to see what it looks like. And that's the only way I can you do can it. eat your Suck. cereal and look at that. You can't do that in the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just pick, okay, I want to hit here. I want to try here. I want to do this. We're going to go check those areas first. And in most places, I mean, if it looks fishy, there's a big shoal sticking out. There's deep water right next by. There's some weed growth there. If it looks fishy, it's going to be fishy, it, you know. Yeah, you can circle some areas and you can go do a run and gun. Just yeah. check and see. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, some years the weeds grow better, some years they don't. Yeah. So, hard map. And then, okay. So then, real quick, you drive in, you hop in your truck, you drive to the lake, you put the boat in the water. You did all your little, you know, couch scouting. What do, what do you do first? Yeah, I just make sure there's no hazards and I go hit my spots. You just essentially just like that. Do you go and cast them, or you just do a slow drive by? Do you drag a bait? Oh, I like I like free fishing, trolling. You're gonna just troll those areas. Yep, and just see. That's how else. I mean, you can go in there and pull. Up. Okay, so it says there's weeds on this map. Pull in there. I can sit there and go and shut the motor and start casting, or I can just put some lines out and start trolling at four and a half miles an hour, and I can. Uh, find out real quick whether there's weeds in there or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, pre-fish, in pre-fishing a lake or the first time you're there, I mean, I think, personally, you're crazy to just go to a lake and just start randomly casting. Even Absolutely. if this was like, yeah. even if it was like, okay, <laughs> I got four days here, I got a cabin and a lake to myself, mm-hmm. And it's not a tournament thing. It's just I'm going here to go fishing. Yeah, I'm going here to fish. I think you yeah, still please. just go there and just pick a spot and say, I'm going to go cast here let's first. Break, let's break that down. So imagine yourself launching your boat, and you just drive to a spot and start casting that you have never seen before. You've never been on this water before. You're just there doing that. It's kind of a um, like a waste of time. <laughs> even if even if you're not and vance driving there can be an issue sure you don't know the hazards you're going you're you're going to drive yeah. there 40 that, miles an hour and even take, yeah <laughs> even take the fishing aspect out of it mm-hmm. like if i was on a new lake i'm driving first prior to even setting lines honestly i'm like okay i'm up to here I'm I'm looking I'm looking around to see that if my homework translates into what I'm seeing on my graph and on my hard map. I'm driving around first like, oh, okay, so there yeah, this is a point here, but the weeds are growing out in fifteen foot of water. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at that first and then I'm I'm literally driving and looking at it first. Yeah, there, but there be honest, you're be... waiting for it to say musky on the screen. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I avoid all the areas that say catfish bluegill <laughs> on my new on my recent update, which was like took me an hour to figure out how to do, and that's all it did for me was say like it went from just saying <laughs> pima tuning lake to saying pima tuning lake plus catfish. <laughs> In bluegill, <laughs> like, I, I like, okay. is, is, does I'm the whole lake have the word carp written on it? 
<laughs> Dude, it is. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Like it's comical. Uh, but anyway, driving to that area, even even prior to New Lake stuff, just drive and look around. Todd and I have done that at tournaments, and we've just driven around. And if we do have trolling lines out, it's usually like five feet as a just in case. Yeah. You know, like, oh, shit, we're caught up on something here, and then I'd, you know, we tip them up. But literally drive, like, do your homework. You got your, your, your chip map. You got your hard map. You've done your, done your duty. You've done your homework. Now you're in a live situation driving around uh, initially and just seeing what's going on underneath you is, is really important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, and like, I think like, I do it, I, I do it up here. I do it up here. Like, Oh yeah. When it will be like, okay, where are we going to cast this early season? I'm be like, all right, like I'll just drive around just for fun. But I'm like, okay, the weeds, the weeds are grown and at eight foot now. And I'll usually text you a little picture of the screen, something like that. I do that here before we even start. Yeah. Well, some people do that with lines out, even though it's illegal. But uh, I just drive around and uh, check out where where the weeds are growing. You know, it's different every year. So every year. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that that initial drive before you're like, here's the lake. You know, we turned the engine over. It's time to go, baby. Maybe take, you know, triple check your work with your chip hard map, if you will, and then actually what's going on underneath your feet with just a quick drive by and seeing seeing what's going on there. Very nice. Is there anything else you guys want to continue with that one? I mean, we can save this for more in depth later or we can keep going a little bit, but I think that's a great start how you figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that I, I'll just say that, you know, I know the chips are accurate. They show a shoal out in the middle of uh, Leech Lake, 112,000 acres or something. You can drive right out there to that shoal. But it's just, to me, I would, the, the way I'd figure out that that shoal was out there was to open up a hard map and look, take a look. Big, the whole scheme of things. Yeah, and that and that might be a dying a dying breed, you know. Yeah, just go by the and just go. But and, but there is there is live mapping, which is really nice on those on those units that we have that you can literally live map what's under you at this. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. live. It's mm-hmm. but you still have to find that spot. Mm-hmm. With either, you know, while you're doing that homework via hard map or chip on your screen. Um, and you can live map it out there. And I encourage people to do that. Do I do it? Not really. You know, not really. But the places I'm fishing and the places I'm going to fish for the rest of my life or, uh, you know, places that I have fished and really want to go, like Canada and relax. But, um, just that hard mapping is I think is a good point and overlooked because again, it's paper 
um, paper. You can open I, I went only went to Pimatuning a couple times this year. This is a lake I've been going to for 40 years early on walleye fishing. But, you know, I opened that map up mm-hmm. a couple times. And, you know, I saw a couple little spots. I couldn't see it on my screen unless I was in view of the screen. If I zoom out on my screen, the lake's 13,000, 15,000 acres. Yep. <laughs> you know, hard map took me to a couple spots, and we caught some fish off a couple of them humps. Now, some areas you, I never left, you left out the important part where I had it side by side with my updated map, and I, I did write out muskie on that spot you for you. Muskie and, on that spot. Yeah, and bluegill. It wasn't on the, the hard map. <laughs> Well, I guess this just to sum up the paper map, uh, in the words of Michael Scott, um, limitless possibilities in a paperless world. Well, well said. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> For his paper ad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, um, but it, it's crazy you how know much where paper comes from. It doesn't come from steel or electronics. <laughs> comes from trees mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough office references okay so i guess the common theme like you guys would be lost without the without the depth finders like i obviously you guys could mm. could, could could manage it on your home waters yeah oh but, yeah but like if if you went anywhere else it's it's like your phone anymore without that running on your boat. It makes it hard. I mean, you start take you start shelling away some of this stuff. So, so you got your whole graph, your graph, your your depth finder, your icons. You peel away the icons. You can still manage. Which one would you peel away next? Would you rather have, um, the GPS or your sonar? If I could choose one, you ha- you you can only run one, icons, GPS, or sonar. On an on a new body of water, or the one we already know, brand new. Shit, sonar. Todd. Sure. <laughs> Making him sweat. Yeah, I mean, on on my own body of water, I'd rather have the GPS. New body of water, probably the sonar. I don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Todd, have you ever taken a marker to your maps? Like when there wasn't GPS? Oh, gosh, yeah. I got all kind of... And, and, you, and you're just kind of eyeballing or, some stuff up like, all right, we're going to draw a little blue house here. We're going to line up the blue house with the white house. Mm-hmm. And this is the spot. Mark it with a big M. And that's where time. Hummingbird got theirs. Yep. Before we, I mean, you know, before we had all that stuff, I would go somewhere with Dale or something, and we would sit there and look at those maps. But even on a computer screen, how can you open the whole thing up and just take a, okay, this is a, a pick a random lake that's, you know, 10,000 acres, 20, 40. How do you take a look at that whole lake without having it? If you go to your little home computer screen, what's the biggest screen you can get on your home computer? Oh, a, a reasonable person would be like a 
20 or 24, but I mean, you could have it on a projector and make it a million miles, but yeah. But like normally you just, if you pulled up the, the, the lake map of there on a two foot screen and it's horizontal, I mean, you're looking at it. It's so, so hard to look at it detailed. Yeah. You've got pixelation and all this up. other stuff. Mm-hmm. Open that thing up. You look at it. It's like, okay, we're going to spend our first day. We're going to fish this area. Second day, we're going to fish this area. Third day, pre-fishing, we're going to fish this area, and we're going to go from there. I would still want to do that if I went to a new place. Mm-hmm. Very nice. You guys good with, with, with starting out on new water? I'll just end with nautical maps are pretty sweet, too, just in general. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have I have like a couple of uh, my favorite places to fish framed, and uh, they're just badass to look at. If there's a map in a room, I will go and look at it. I like so so. There's like this. I, I forget where I saw it, but there was a book about this little town that I lived near, and there was like an old 1800s map of it. And I look, I'm like, that might have been how it looked, but I think that's wrong. You ever look at a map and say, I think it's wrong? <laughs> like, it's close, close yeah. enough for horse and buggy, I guess, but... I mean, I look at maps all the time, and we, we, we touched on that in our banter here. I mean, some of them, like, say crappy and shit and submerged <laughs> vegetation, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really talking are. about like overlayment. I'm just like I don't think the river bends like that. You know, you got some yeah, might, big octopus shark thing. Off. It might have been a little bit off, like back in the day, you know, because they were but going still, up in hot air balloons. I would still look at it, you know. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's not cool to look at, but it makes me doubt they knew what they were doing. Absolutely, but. Cool. All right. So another topic that I wanted to bring up. So I have very limited data, extremely limited data. So all week, one of you guys can answer this. I've asked you guys throughout the day a pretty simple question. What was the question? How's fishing? And you have three answers. It can be below average, average, or above average. Okay, so this is my not-so-scientific thing. So uh, hopefully, if things go well, next week we're going to have some scientists on that are doing... It's the Jefferson Project, and, and that is the algae bloom and stuff, correct, Vance? Correct, yes. And that they are on Monday. And they are scientists unlike myself um correct so vance also he hasn't told anyone uh he started writing a book vance do you remember the name of that book vance knows hunting that's right (laughs) so this book of vance knows hunting um started out i'm trying to remember what was some of like the Incorrect assessments that that you uh, 
you kind of came up with was like, are you hunting today? And I said, no, it's Sunday. Well, definitely uh, the legality of it. Yes, the, <laughs> the opener. Um, yes, because you thought it was October 1 like New York when it was yeah. really the Saturday, <laughs> which was the 3rd. And, and and then Vance quickly wrote, he goes, I know hunting, new book. <laughs> and then like, I, the next day. Like, I kept falling on my face and said like <laughs> chapter three, chapter two, <laughs> where I would ask you a question and you'd be like, no. I'd be like, all right, well, that's chapter two of, of hunting. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of got into this thing. And then we had a brief discussion about some things. You're like, are you going hunting? hunting this day or that day and whatever. And I've talked to, I, I think I've in the past brought this up to Todd, but I've talked to Vance about this more, about this one app that I've been using. And it's, people can have their opinions on whether or not you can have just environmental data to predict something to happen of wildlife. And this, this one app I have, it's after, this is my third year using it. And currently I am running 36 cell cameras. And I have been following this for three years and how accurate it is. It has five stages of predicted deer movement. And there's a whole host of other data, but I'm really boiling this down. And I would watch on days that were extremely favorable for deer movement, I would get a lot more photos. And on days that were not as favorable, I would get less photos. I'm not saying it's dead nuts right, but it was something that led me on to, hey, we got scientists coming up. Let me do a really small data set and compare. Is there a, is there some kind of, some kind of way to predict any kind of, I don't know, ant wildlife movement based off of this app that I'm running. Okay. And I'm going to tell you the five days that I've asked you guys. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say, I think Vance, Vance and Todd gave close answers, but they didn't overlap except for maybe one day. And I would say that I, I feel Vance is a little more optimistic and Todd might be a little more pessimistic. But they're not they're not that far, and this is my five data sets. Okay, I love pessimistic Todd. I'm just saying, like on the overall mood of of how the day went. Um, he just tells it how it is a little bit better. <laughs> it makes me laugh. <laughs> He's not a man of many words when it comes to that. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this: on those like five shit. days, it was really close to what the app was predicting. It was really close. And now you're going to have people downloading this app. I'm not tell- sure. I'm not even going to say the app. But yeah. I'm just saying that it was interesting that I paralleled this. Um and I, and it, it could just be five coincidental days. That's why this is like fishing to hunting. Fishing to hunting because back way back when I was, you know, teaching myself how to muskie fish with my buddy Tim, there were a couple factors that we would talk about. One was, did we see any eagles, like, sitting on the water's edge, like, driving? You know, he had to drive further than me. And did we see any eagles? The other one was, 
we always said if we saw deer in the field when we were driving to go fish our afternoon or whatever, the last couple hours, if we saw deer out, we tend to have better fishing days. And that was just one of those things that you say in passing. You mm-hmm. know, like, oh, red sky at night kind of deal. Yeah. And that was one thing we looked for. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to parallel this not so scientifically. And again, very small sample set. But that kind of brought this whole thing back to me was if these conditions are set to have animals moving, mammals, can that transcend into other animals? Now, there's a whole gap difference between, you know, brown furry deer and apex predator fish. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're different. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. mistake in that. But it, it makes me really wonder with there's a whole host of luck that goes into, you know, you can have the fish. Musky fishing could be banging. But if you're not where fish are, you're going to think it sucks. So there is a by guess and by golly to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that there could be sets of conditions if you have enough data points through all these things that take into account moon, you know, majors and minors, full moon, new moon, anywhere in between sunrise, sunset, barometric pressure, past weather, predicted future weather, cloud cover, any environmental things that are measurable by humans. How well do you think you can actually put a model together to predict the quality of fishing? knowing full well that you still need to be where the fish are at to catch them. Do you think that's possible to even bridge that? I think it like maybe a 5% range. Okay. Just, you know, there's just, there's too much randomness there. Too much randomness, weather, wind, the guys want to cast, they want to troll. Well, okay, not, not, not so much to catch the fish, not so much to catch the fish, but to actually say, based off these conditions and you put it together in this formula and it spit out a, let's just say a one to 10, 10 being crushing front hooks, a one being, we might as well just hang ourselves, um, saying that, oh, the, 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 the optimistic, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I mean, so it gets, hard. I brought okay. that up on a couple podcasts ago. It was just like, you know, the more you get to do it, like the, the, the relationships just don't. When you get to do it every day, like we're doing, man. But, well, I mean, I get what you're saying there, but that's every the best, day are you. That's the best. That's the best scientific evidence, though, is doing it every day or doing yeah. it for a long period of time. Um, Most people don't get to do what we get to do. Right. I understand like, oh, year that. Year, like this, this week. So what? You know, full yeah. moon, first full moon in June. Gosh, we crushed. You know, we saw seventy fish. We caught ten casting. And the next, so I, when I this is before I start guiding, I was like, we're going to plan this trip. I'm going to do this again next year. Uh, it works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right, I but uh, like I guess what I'm saying is, do you do you feel? I know that. Re- you guys are on the hook to go fishing when the clients want to go fishing. So it doesn't matter what, you know, some formula says, but do you feel that if you were to chart every day, the barometric pressure was this wind speed was this 
Was there any wind shift? Are there any fronts? Anything like that, the majors, the minors, or the lunar stuff, water temperature, all those things, all the environmental factors that you can actually get accurate readouts and start saying, oh, I noticed that when the pressure is this during this time of year, it's a little more favorable to have fish active, not necessarily catch them because obviously you can have people that can't reel in a fish and you can also have people that, you know, are incredible. They're just not, they're just not where you're at. Yeah. Do you think that there's a way to chart fish activity? Like, you know, I'm not going to use that example. It's a little too gross. I'll tell you guys later, but there are some, some things with the moon. Oh, here's something. Um, I talking to my one buddy who's a police officer and he says that, Typically, we get more calls around a full moon. Absolutely. I did that kind of work before. And and it's one of those, well, you could say, well, that's just people being people. It's it's random. But when you start the lining up. The thing that happened in the hospital, too. When it was yeah. a full moon, those were shitty days at the hospital. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if, if a moon influences people, you would, like, I mean, you guys all agree that. Mm-hmm. It, which is funny. Todd likes the full moon and Dale likes the new moon. I can't tell you why that is. You would think that it'd be a consensus across the board, but well, I'm I'm coming back to Chautauqua Lake because that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And as we said there a couple of weeks ago, the full moon didn't play out that well this year, <laughs> not like it does normally. Mm-hmm. But I, I would, we'll put it this way: it's played out long enough for me that you know we go sometimes weeks in the past without. I mean, you don't see anything big catch tons of fish but all of a sudden full moon comes around they pop up this year didn't happen now do you think that i mean a a common saying in musky fishing and deer hunting is weather trumps moon yeah do you think that it was based off of your historic you know experience did you feel you had favorable weather to the moon I think we did, don't you, Vance? I could agree with that. Like during the summer, the summer months, where we would talk about it the last few years that we've been doing this together, and it's like full moon. There it is. Absolutely. I mean, I could say that uh, one full moon came through for me. Mm-hmm. One. On it. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. One full moon in the last, what have you guys had? Four full moons this year? Five so far? June, July, August, September, October, five. Okay. Last year, like every one came through. Mm hmm. For one of us. Right. I can look at it. The full moons in in my books here. And um, when did the full moons hit? Like, they were early, I thought. Well, it's going to be a full moon, I think, right around the 31st, 30th, 31st this year. I mean, this right. month. So it might be, or you know, the first week of the month. It might be the last week of the month. Yeah, I'm looking at my full moons now. October worked out uh, for a 50-inch fish on the full moon. August was cutting grass that day. Biggest one I caught was a 41 that day. Um, July full moon. 
Yeah, piece of crap. Do you guys feel like the full moon is just that day, or is it a few days leading and uh, trailing it? Like a couple days I before? It's in and around. I feel it's around it. I think it's, it's in and around here. No doubt. And, and that's the biggest environmental again, factor that you guys pay attention to is the moon, right? I mean, obviously, you're not living and dying by it. Mm-mm. No, people. July, and I would too. July, we got three over forty on the full moon. June, full moon, bang, nothing over forty. Yeah. Okay, so then the, let's let's yeah. kind of uh, let's quantify June, June something. Full moon for me, a few years ago, was the probably the best day I ever had out here. But it didn't correlate to this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. In and around, though, I'm noticing bigger fish. Yeah. But it, that's just this, this uh, that's just it, you know. It was a unique year for full moon. Didn't, didn't produce on the day. Okay, so produce. What Would you guys consider a one big fish a better day than three sub to average fish from a fisherman standpoint absolutely yes absolutely so to the you're putting more weight on one good bite than several smallers yes yes and why let's i'm just i'm curious i don't have an answer why do you feel that way you want to take it Todd? or yeah i mean i mean the big fish that's what i, I can remember those I've just said this before in the podcasts that, uh, you know, we might catch eight one day. And by the end of the week, if the biggest one was 41, honest to gosh, I can't even, I mean, I know generally what they were on. I couldn't even tell you the bait I caught them on, but you get that big one. I can remember it. So when you were asking those questions, Andy, about, like what was fishing today, par, subpar, or good, how'd you put it? Below, average, or above? Below or above, yeah. So with my clientele that I take out, I know we've talked about this before. How many times did we have one fish days, Vance? I know Vance had a lot more than I did, but you you get one fish, 49-incher, great fish, unbelievable fish for our, like, Giants. Three people in the boat. And they caught that one fish. It happens to me. They would rather have caught three fish. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 35, 36, 39. Right. So I'm, I, 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 I go at it a little differently. Like now I've, I've just been doing this so long, I don't fish for myself anymore. A good day for is the numbers days. Mm-hmm. Most mothman fishing, especially experienced ones, not too worried about that. But I look as my day as how many opportunities did these, did these guys get? Yeah. And that's what I'm looking I, for. More opportunities. I still think that there there's teach his own in musky fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's still experienced fishermen that want that rod to go off like crazy. Yeah. They want to come back uh, and say that they caught X amount. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, some people, that gets, that, that gets their rocks off. That's experienced yeah. people. Clients, yeah, they want the rod to go off. Me, personally, I'm fine with one big fish. Oh, yeah. You know. I am, too. That, that's how that goes. And, uh, you know, we can we can uh, further the, the data that Andy took from the last five days, and we'll get into that um, and what it, what it was. Uh, but it's just to each his own. I want to go back to what Andy's original question was, though. Uh, can, you know, the human's pattern or create something um, that patterns this, uh, you know, outdoor activity, mammal, fish, whatever it is, apex predator. Can we do this, uh, create something that actually says, yes, you need to be here right now in this spot. Um, I think that the answer is no. Absolutely. I, th- I feel the same I- way. I think the I think the answer is is no. Um, there's just too many variables, and there's going to be people that make a lot of money on apps and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wholeheartedly think in our lifetime the answer is no. Absolutely, it, yeah. are they? If that was the case, they're trying. It's tr- you know people are trying to do this. You have apps for this. You have, oh, the full moon is good for fishing and hunting and things like that. But there's just way too many variables uh, right now for people to pinpoint in specific areas of the country. You know, it has to be, if that was the case, it would have to be spot on where you are right now, pinged in on GPS, what's good, you know. That I think is lifetimes away, and I don't think it's even possible. You're talking about apex predators when you're talking musky fishing. And you it, think, it, and you think lifetimes away when we're gone, and leave a legacy of just unbelievable fishermen and the greatest podcast ever, and baits, and rod holders. <laughs> when people read about that, the jerk bait. Yeah, as I said, in baits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But who knows? Would people even be fishing at that point? Yeah. Is, any, is outdoors even going to be a thing? I mean, you watch yeah. futuristic movies. Everybody's like, we've left Earth. We're at Mars in a spaceship. And there's like holograms of Earth, what Earth used to be. Who knows? Right now, in our lifetime, I don't think you can pinpoint it. I think you can pinpoint uh, generalities about should be good this day it comes it comes back to in my in my opinion how you're how you become good at it just go and fish yeah anybody want to do you want to andy what's your thoughts i'm going to disagree with you maybe maybe not a black and white disagree but I think you can quantify 
all the measurable elements and you can put together a, like you said, a generality. And I, I believe that if you were able to come up with a enough data set factoring in, it might be 20, 30, 40 different variables that are all measurable and with enough, you know, real life, real people inputting things um, anymore, I believe that you can. Now, I left that question very vague, above average or below. Mm-hmm. You guys were looking for the big fish. And like Todd would brought up, the, 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 the data was flawed initially, but it was a talking point. To have something with activity... Because, like we've already talked about, Todd said that more crime happens on a full moon. Vance said there's more hospital stuff on a full moon. I can tell you that I think that you can track human behavior. I think that we're more complex than some animals. Now, can you track this? I just jumped out of my camper. Four steps, no problem. That's amazing. But, but Andy, here, here, here's the thing. <laughs> you're looking for that big buck, or you're looking for this big muskie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can track it. And you, you might be able to put somebody like has limited time, let's go do this. Mm-hmm. Here's the time I'm going to pick. But, you know, I have, a, I have a good friend that was out in Illinois where they spend tons of money. Mm-hmm putting up food plots and doing all this stuff. And he gets up at, you know, an hour before the crack of dawn to go out of the stand. And there's five guys in camp pouring down rain. He's like, I'm here to hunt. I'm going. Everybody else is like, you know, looking at stuff. Not going to go. I'm not going to go out and put myself through this right now. Mm -hmm. And he goes out and shoots a 180-inch buck that night. That morning, mm-hmm. nobody else even went, and he, he, you know, he's like, "Well, definitely wasn't going to get him if I stayed at camp." Yeah, I mean, and I, that <clears throat> comes down to that: like, you can't get it on the on the couch, you can't yeah. catch him or kill him on the couch. But uh, I think like, I think you're the, missing what I'm what I'm actually saying. But I mean, I understand your example. Here's, it, Here's another thing, though, like the variable that goes through the, the mind of the guy that is after this buck there. One of them is like, should I efficiently be in the woods with this, uh, like more time in the woods, more scent gets dropped. I don't care how like mm-hmm. good you are with scent. This could be, you know, chapter, maybe the end of the book when it actually I, next to the orange bucket ball. chapter. Hey, I killed deer there, dude. Um, but it's like, should I go out this early? Here's a variable this early in the season, weather, whatever, me putting myself in the same spot, putting scent there might push the deer away. What are you going to do? That all beats your mind up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing with like the, the moon and things like that. Well, I'm not going to go out. Yeah. I mean, I could go out and hunt every day, but maybe I'm not going to do that because of the scent reasons. Uh, more times I'm in the woods, probably 
I'm not going to shoot that deer unless I have something patterned via technology with cameras. Okay, this thing's showing up in daylight hours now, in shooting hours now. I'm not just going to go out there and hunt because I think I'm going to just, you know, screw myself in the end. That's that's all like huge variables. Yes, is it a good idea to just like go when you can? If you have that uh, freedom, um, I probably would do that just how we do fishing. Um, But here comes that thing where can we pattern something where, yes, this is the day. This is when I need to go. And this is how they're going to die. And then you're going to have, you know, Joe Schmo go out on the day where it's 9000 degrees and he sweated uh, 10 pounds of body fat off and shoot a deer. And you're just like, that's, that's crazy. And mm-hmm. that would never happen to me. Right. I like to get back to Todd's example. I mean, that happens every year. And I, I know advance is talking about too, because you can, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to try to put this like a musky fishing thing, but it, the, the deer parallel is very good is it's yeah. not, it's not to predict you're going to catch a fish today or you're going to catch several, or you're going to catch a big one. Can you predict when fish are going to be more active? Deer is an easy example because you can drive down the road and see them. You can't drive to a lake yeah, and look at muskies. Right. Fishing is way different, yeah. But can you predict, like we can with people, you're going to have more hospital and police calls on a full moon. And obviously, if it's a nice 70-degree night and there's not a cloud in the sky— I have a feeling that full moon will produce more of those calls than a mid-December snowstorm full moon. Um, But what we're looking at is, can you accurately predict activity periods and when activity would be positive more so than an average day, average Joe day of being a five, like that scale I said, and on days that aren't favorable. Maybe days that aren't favorable are 120 degrees, no wind. That might be a one for fish activity. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. the the overall are, mood of the fish. Not are, I'm going to go bang them all today. I, are you are you are you saying that? I think what you're you're describing is already there, Andy. Well, we, and I wanted to kind of translate this into a, a fish type thing, and it, I don't know. They might already have a fish app like this. They certainly do. Okay. Well, yeah, I've never seen it. Old guys pull them up and tell me all the time. It's yeah. Right now. But like, okay. Yeah. It. What got me thinking about this was I've. I, I hope so. <laughs> for, yeah. First off, I sure hope. the um, I don't know all that went into those fish apps. I do know a lot of the things that went into this app that I do reference often, and. It, it stemmed me back from when Tim and I are like, "Do you see any deer on the way over?" And it was just one of those parallels that you, you jump over and and to say, oh, well, if the deer are out in the fields at whatever, 6 o'clock and it gets dark at 9, maybe the muskies are on the prowl too. That's old school. That, but, I mean, that that's what made me get, you know, thinking of this. I'm like, eh, I might as well throw, let's, let's just it do is. some loose things here on, because the fish could be active. They just might be eating minnows today or bloodworms and not, you I know. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that uh, I can think this year. I, I think this year was 
was a little different. The lake was different. There's a lot of things different, but I don't know. I think Vance will agree with me here. Like throughout my years of doing this, there were times when I was picking people up at the boat launch and I did this all the time. And they're like, so how's it going to be? You know, how you been doing? I, I didn't say much. I just knew we were going to go out, put the hammer down mm-hmm. because of what happened yesterday and the day before and the day before. That's so I will. I mean, so, so you, you, you feel like you had a biological connection to like things are lined up and we're going to crush it. Yeah. And that's happened a lot. And there's other times when I'm pick, picking people up, like, we're going to go for it, but I have no idea what's going on. I mean, this, this year, that's the killer this in year, you. Yeah. But this year was, <laughs> you know, the, the few times that I thought it's going to happen, happened yesterday, happened the day before, got let down a lot. Other than like the, the one big bite, couldn't repeat. That well, was, but I'm looking at this year because that's where we're in now. That's, I'm, I don't think about the past all that much, right? <laughs> when it comes to that, so yeah. this year was different that way. I mean, there was lots of times when I was picking people up the dogs, like, yeah, these guys are going to have a fish in like ten minutes, and it happened. This year we had some really good days. <laughs> numbers wise and it did not repeat Mm -hmm. here's what I can uh, I can say about um, this you know technology whatever I think that deer a mammal or an elk or whatever, something with four legs and is a trophy, <laughs> is comparable to uh, is is comparable to the muskie. I think those two things are are, are very very comparable uh, because they're trophies. There are they, they are sought, sought after. They're <laughs> sought after. Here's the biggest thing. Let's go. Whether it's a freaking blue marlin, whatever. But you're not muskies, you're not losing sleep over losing that bluegill at the boat. Exactly. So let's just say muskies and antlers. Um, I think that that is a very, um, it's a good case study to start to start with because these are sought after, very unique, very tough to get animals at points. Um, how does that happen? How do we get that to happen? Uh, it's lust. The moon. The moon is 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 a generality, and there are so many things in it. There would have to be a person on every lake, like Muddy Creek fishing guides, to come up with data like this. There would have to be a hunter that's in the woods, and who knows where? You know, they're just lakes yeah. are as big as land. You know, there's just so much stuff. But how else do you get that data without field generals? You need field generals to to be on the water to to figure this out. It is 
absolutely mind blowing if you think deep into it. It's almost like space. Okay. When I when I, when I sit down and think of this, right now, it's... let's parallel that because this this is we talked about this earlier in the show. All of those late contour maps, they probably started with a guy, a cinder block, and a rope that has a knot every so many feet. And you talked about the live mapping. You get enough boats live mapping and uploading, you're going to have dead nuts spot on lake maps. If everyone would upload their GPS chips at the end of the year. They've done, yeah. I mean, think about, so everyone does a little bit. I remember, um, you know, like any, it's it's become really popular um, now. Uh, it, it went away for a while. You you try to sign into something and it says, I am not a robot, then you have to do these dumb little things yep. to where at one time Pick it was... traffic lights. Yes. A few years back it was, what does this say? And you know it was a photograph of a page of a book or something. And my understanding was that was the computers trying to... It couldn't... It, the computer was unable to figure out what that is, but to a human that knows, hey, that's the letter F, that's the letter U, that's the letter N, but it was smudged a bit. But we knew that by our eyesight that was fun, so oh. you type in what the word was. And all you're doing is completing the puzzle for the computer, and they just let the general public do that. Millions and millions of entries a day that stump the computer. And so when you're doing those things, I have to think that... so some kind of photo on the internet and Google wants to know what is the traffic light because the computer's not picking it up for some reason. Oh, it's in these four of these 16 squares. And is it possible? Yeah. So I'm going to stick to what I'm originally was saying is I think that there can be some level of accuracy on the tendencies of fish to be active, whether they're big fish, small fish, many fish, whatever. I think that that's predictable. Is it going to be the end all be all? Absolutely not. Because Vance, do you remember me saying when there's like a whole string of bad days off this app? The first thing I tell people is every time there's like three, four, five days, especially this time of year, when my app says bad, I get one, maybe two shooters in daylight in front of a stand. Yeah, it's killer. It's killer. But I also... I've absolutely woken up to 300 plus photos on my phone. And I've also woken up to 20. Now, how do you shrink when that? When it was good. Now, how do you shrink You saw the pictures. No, when it was bad. When, when it's bad, when it was, there's when like... When it's bad, there, your shooter's there. When it says it's good and you can't go hunting, yeah, it was good. You saw a deer. Yeah. Well, it, and it's not, you know, a deer is a deer. Mm-hmm. A, a muskie is a muskie. There's less 50 inches than there are 32s. Being at the right place, you know, I guess the question I would have to ask is, do you feel that when the 50s are biting, you guys had a really good month for this stuff, for the big fish, do you feel the other fish are not eating, or do you just feel that things are lining up better and you're in big fish spots? Mm, You know, I just... From fishing up here for all the years, I just know that the lake goes through a period 
throughout the season, whether it's producing numbers or producing giants or a mix of both. When it is doing one of those things, you have to you have to ride it until you are completely stoned and and uh you know your ass gets handed to you. That's all I know. Yeah, I'm just curious because you know a, a, a big giant old deer, whether it's a doe or a buck, does it do different things than what normal deer do? Does a big giant muskie do things that are different than a normal muskie? I I'll think d- it absolutely does. I mean, in my in my opinion, or we would catch more of them. I think that I think it absolutely does. It's really hard to get those things to trigger, but when they are triggered, you have to ride it. Obviously, those bucks are getting big, not from being stupid. I mean, there's a bunch of dumb hunters out there that are just flinging bullets. <laughs> Something is going on, and it's not. There are people dragging baits and casting baits across these areas for so long, and we say that all the time. We've been in that area, and I can't believe when we, that it. When we catch them, when we catch them, it's like we've been through this area. They're the areas when these big fish appear, and that's what I always think. When I see one in the net, I look and think, "Where in the hell have you been?" All this time, I've been through here eight thousand times. What would be interesting because of that is if you actually had, um, and, and they actually did this once to a turkey, and they had a GPS on a turkey, and just to see if a hunter could go and get it, they actually gave the GPS locations that turkey is right over there. Go shoot it. Like two or three hunters could not do it, and like the one bumped it, and the turkey ran of some distance, and just so happened to walk the wrong way, and some guy un- unexpectedly shot it. Mm-hmm. And it would I mean, be interesting just, if you could tag that muskie and try to catch it every single day. Oh gosh, yeah, I would love to do that. How hard would that these be? Big fish, these big fish that are showing up have been out, out here for twenty five years. No, obviously they weren't this big the whole time but uh (laughs) you see them i mean we catch them they have these big pristine fins and giant bodies and some of them look just like no one's ever caught them Mm -hmm. yeah it's like where have you been yeah now todd do you feel those big muskies i asked vance answered it do you feel those big muskies don't act like regular muskies or there's just not that many of them and that's why they're harder to find wait 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 can i Okay, go for it. I think when they get to a certain that size, I think there's something different. They're a whole different animal at that point. I don't think they get to that size by being dumb and getting caught all the time. Yeah, those repeaters. Okay. Now, could could it be size or could it be age? I so, think age has a lot to do with size. Because I mean, some fish are genetically going to top out at like forty six. Sure. Sure. And those 46s that's, might that's be harder to catch. Here. That's a big fish here. Uh, it is. A really nice fish. Yeah, what I'm getting at is like but, if it's a 22-year-old 46 or a 12-year-old mm-hmm. 46, you, you're not going to be able to differentiate the age just in the net. Mm-hmm. So I'm just adding layers to this and thinking it out loud. I don't know. What do you think, Todd? 
I definitely think there's some fish here that just, you know, their feeding habits or whatever. Maybe it's like they lay on a bottom and eat a catfish when it comes by. And their habits just don't. Lend well for it, angling? It, it parallels so much with deer hunting. Mm-hmm. There are tons of these big deer these people get. It's not because that deer's smart. I don't think the fish are smart. It's just that that deer has habits that, you know, he might bed right beside where everybody parks their truck, but nobody goes in that little valley. And he lives longer. Almost like they they stumbled their way into age, and with age may have come the, you know, come the experience, this is what Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. And And I think there's fish out there like this. You know, I've caught a a couple of the biggest ones that we've I've ever caught were casting up in these thick weeds and, you know, work in the air and, you know, for every, if, if a fish lives his life up there on this lake, like up in the weed beds, he's going to see one, two, I would say 50 baits that if he lives out in the open water, because for every, 50 minutes that are or 50 hours are spent trolling out on this lake. There's one hour spent casting. Mm-hmm. So if that fish just that that's where he stays and that's its home range. We've talked about that before. That's why some of them are so pristine, but occasionally there's one pops up in that open abyss. I mean, I can say this, the fish that we I catch out there trolling are a lot, usually a lot more beat up than the ones that we catch when we're casting. I would say this too, Vance, when we're casting, how many more, like I always look at their fins to see what's clipped. I catch a ton more fish that are, that I look and I'm like, oh, that's a natural fish. Mm-hmm. They're up in the weeds. So what you're almost saying is that the stocked fish tend to suspend more. A, a tendency. It's not a in stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the natural fish relate to the weeds. Points, but you know, more often than the I other way. I catch those little, I catch those little guys all the time casting. They got all their fins and they're flopping around, and you know, it's like, oh, that's, that's a natural fish. Do I catch mm-hmm. them out there when we're trolling? Absolutely, but I catch a lot of beat up ass fish out there while we're trolling too. Mm-hmm. We've repeated. Vance and I've repeated. I've repeated myself. Vance has repeated himself. <laughs> it's just like that's their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. My daughter's big fish years ago was caught many times before, you know, got a clip fan. It was blind in one eye. It's missed me. <laughs> but occasionally you get one trolling too. I see more of those pristine fish in there and the, mm-hmm. where they don't get the pressure. Mm-hmm. I would say it's one to 10 hours. I would say for every one hour that is spent on this lake casting. But when you're casting, you're throwing one lure too there's at least 10 plus hours when we're out there trolling at four miles an hour that's what so i have somebody coming now that's like i i i fish this whole entire lake every weed i know fish right now in the last couple days casting uh we're not seeing much we're not we're really not seeing anything Mm -hmm. uh We've been getting some fish trolling. Vance got a few today. I got last time I trolled, we got a few uh, 
He's like, well, let's cast the open water. And I said, so this is what you're asking me to do. <laughs> We're going to go down in a nine-mile basin. Fish are randomly hitting throughout this nine-mile basin. So I can tell you that I caught four a couple days ago down here. I had six rods running. I was going four miles an hour. For eight hours. I, I, I put those lures through over 200 miles. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to of cast to make 200 miles. To get a couple bites. That, that's 50 miles I, of fish. I, yes, I don't know where to take you <laughs> to go do this. Are there times that I think I could go out and, and pull into the open water? This guy fishes with a big name guy. He's like, I've got him with such and such cast in that open water. Are there times? Absolutely. There's times when I was cutting across the bay at Mayville when we've had, you know, 15 hits in, in, you know, five hours or something. Okay. So there I would say, okay, we can go throw some baits out here and maybe catch one. But. Mm-hmm. Where would you stop? Where would you do this? I mean, you got to look at the reality of what we're doing when we're doing this trolling run with six poles out <laughs> at 32 miles per lure times six. Mm-hmm. Not an efficient way to go after this fish. Absolutely. All right. I'd rather stay here in the camp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Vance, you got anything to add? No, I I think it's uh, pretty good. We, we brainstormed pretty good there. Yeah. I think it's, it's fun to think about. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine, and Muskies Inc. And uh, with that, I'm going to say I think you guys are going to have a good day fishing tomorrow and Saturday to keep up my unscientific data. So with all of that, uh, good luck fishing, good luck hunting. Thanks for listening.